Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Lots more warm texts about Michael Fatley. I'll just read you one. Michael's an absolute inspiration. Has completely lifted my morning as well. I think he's instilled motivation to follow my dreams. I just need to adopt some of his work ethic now. And uh, to another uh, young man who's following his dreams, uh, you can't have failed to notice that Prince Harry's new tell-all book, uh, Spare, is all over the place. So it's been well leaked now. It accidentally went on sale uh, early in Spain a few days ago. And uh, we now know full of insights into his life. Uh, some of them quite bizarre. So I'm joined now by former royal correspondent Jenny Bond. Good morning, Jenny. Morning. So obviously, uh, I had to speak to you this week as part of your and my ongoing conversation ab- about Harry and Meghan. So look, there's loads in the book. I suppose what has caused a lot of fuss in the last 24 hours is Harry's comments about killing 25 Taliban fighters and seeing them as chess pieces. This has upset a lot of people in different ways, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, those are the that's the main headline really across most of the papers. And there's an awful lot of comment about it from people who need to be listened to, people in the military, um, his former colleagues and military commanders, and they all think this was an, a, to put it kindly, an unwise thing to do. It's not what's done in army circles apparently, um, and it it is dangerous because it does put, I would have thought, and many experts have suggested, a, a greater target on his back. Um, And I think it begs the question, who has been advising, if anyone, Harry, about what he should and shouldn't say in this book? I I think perhaps when you sit down with a ghostwriter, which he has, a very reputable ghostwriter. But a very rigorous ghostwriter as well, we know. Yes. um, I think you can be, I've never done it, but I imagine you become a little bit loose-lipped. There you are sitting uh-huh. in your armchair, you know, sort of having a chat. Whereas if you're writing it yourself, and you would know, you know, you you self-edit, don't you? Go through things. Oh, should I say? Shouldn't? So I, I put a, a kind perspective on it. Perhaps that's what happened. But he should. Hey, not yo, Jenny, said. presumably he read it afterwards. Like he read it before it went to the printers. Like I, I wonder the title, calling it spare. Is is this actually? Is the, is the crux of all this, is this Harry's essential problem, that he's not the firstborn? Is that where all this comes from, like? Well, that seems to be it. Um, we've always said the air and the spare, and perhaps we're all learning to talk uh, differently these days and use our language more carefully. And perhaps it it is perhaps cruel, but it obviously has hurt Harry to be the second born uh, since he was born. I mean, you know, he complains that he had the smaller bit of the bedroom in his grandmother's castle, Balmoral in Scotland. I mean, not people get to actually sleep in a castle, never mind complain about the accommodation. Yeah. Um, it's and Harry and Meghan had to go to Ikea while William had priceless <laughs> art on the wall. It's so petty. It's so petty, some of it. Some of it is extremely poignant about his mother. That's another theme. There are two themes that go through. One, I was the second born, I'm second best, and the second is the absence of his mother. Okay, and and what do we learn, do you think, about uh, that we don't know already about uh, how this impacted his life? Um, that it was obviously a major trauma from which he has never recovered, that he didn't accept that she was dead for a while and thought perhaps she had just gone into hiding and faked her own death and was gone into hiding because her life wasn't good. Then he went to a medium, well, didn't call her a medium, a lady with special powers, and Diana spoke to him and said that she uh, believed he was living the life she wanted him yes. to leave. 
Um, and, 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 and yeah, he, the minute we sat down together, I felt an energy around her. He says about this woman, your mother is with you, she says. And Harry replies, I know I felt that of late. The woman says, your mother is with you right now. You kind of think, God, this, is this poor sap like who, as you say, massively traumatised. Is he a kind of a sucker for everyone that comes along like? Well, he's a lot more damaged, a lot more vulnerable than I ever thought. You know, on yeah. all the years I, re I reported for the BBC, we were told by the palace, the palace line was, oh, Harry's all right. Yeah, Harry's fine. You know, water of a duck's back, he's all right. Um, and I believed it. Um, and I don't think it was true at any point. I don't know if they wished it to be true, but it certainly, sorry, the phone's gay. Um, it certainly wasn't. Um, so I just wonder if that's the line the palace wants to get out. But he is a damaged, damaged young man. Okay, I've, I, you, I felt you had cooled a bit on Harry and Meghan in recent conversations we've had. But am I getting that having read this now, you actually feel quite sorry for him? Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I've always felt sorry about him losing his mother. I mean, who yeah. wouldn't, you know, a, a young man who lost his mother so and so publicly? Um, and that that's a huge trauma for him. But no, I do not think he should have written this book. I think it is full of uh, petty jealousy, sibling rivalry. Yeah, sibling rivalry has happened for years. Go back to Cain and Abel. Of course it happens. And if you're the younger um, brother, yeah, you get the smaller bedroom. It doesn't mean your parents love you any less or you're less valued. Um, and little bits about, oh, do you know, look, last night, I almost lost it when I, I last tip that came through last night that there'd been a bit of a spat over whether Megan should borrow Kate's lip gloss. And I thought, do you know what? <laughs> I need to go and get a life if I've got to start, yeah. start dabbling in this stuff. <laughs> this this is a book. Somebody needs to write a book about this. What what oh. what do you think? Do we get any fresh insight into uh, Harry's relationship with with William or Willie, as he seems to call him, and which I would be calling him heretofore, here and his father? What do we learn? Uh, well, yeah. Well, yes, we do. I mean, it, it's it's um a tale of bitter jealousy. Um, he feels that William has always treated him as the spare part, someone who, if uh, William needed it, he was there to provide a kidney or something. Now, this is so diff different to what Diana wanted. She wanted Harry. It's not an easy role, being second-born in the royal family, but to be w William's wingman, to, to be his, his support and have a senior role in the royal family. But this jealousy has just stayed with Harry into into adulthood. I mean, it, it's very puerile and very adolescent, it seems yeah. to me. He's, he's and his kind of, kind of stuck, father, stuck. It really has. And with his yeah. father, it's, it's not a huge amount better. I mean, Charles doesn't come off so badly, but he kind of calls him a, uh, an old man, emotionally stunted. Um, again, there is a poignant poignant image, uh, which Harry says, there's no reason to disbelieve him, that when Diana died, Charles went to him and told Harry this terrible thing has happened and, and put a, a patted him on the knee. I mean, you know, any normal person would be a bear hug, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, some do, some don't. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very unhappy family picture and how there'll be any reconciliation, which he says he wants. That's the only positive thing. Says he wants reconciliation. Well, this is a very funny way of going about it. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Um, so, obviously, the palace aren't reacting officially. Are we seeing reaction from the palace and like being bled out in the media or anything? 
Well, the dribs and drabs that have come out from, from the palace is that we are going to hold this line. And I think it's a very sound strategy that we're not going to talk about it. We're going to maintain a dignified silence. Um, the sort of the line is basically this is exhausting, it's exasperating, um, but it will pass. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose it will. Yeah. And wh- wh- how is the reaction in general? Um, I, there's been fascination, obviously, but I think there's also a frustration about about the whole thing that we have a a very rich, privileged man who has found his freedom, found his life, found his love, got his family, and he's complaining about everything, being a victim, where the rest of us are trying to think, God, can I put this radiator on because I'm not sure I can actually afford it? And, oh, well, I'll go go to work. No, oh, there's no trains. Oh, I'll go to hospital. Oh, sorry, no nurses. So, you know, put things in perspective, yeah. Harry. Okay, okay. Jenny Bond, uh, former Royal Correspondent with BBC, thank you very much.